Hey everyone, welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. I'm Molly. And we, if you're joining us for the first time, we're a married couple that frequently hardly has a chance to talk during the week, so <laughs> this ends up being sometimes the only time, it's always the only time we've discussed something, usually. We never plan out our shows either. Molly just drops bombs. I do plan a little. You're a bomb dropper. Sometimes I save conversations for here so that they're fresh. And sometimes I forget what I'm saving, so we just don't have that conversation. Ah, fair. And in a history of Too Busy to Flush, we're recording in the morning. It's amazing. My parents offered to take my kids, our kids, last night. And um, so that's that's rad. Yes, yeah, no so instead of getting interrupted children, by kids knocking on the door, our dog right. just wandered in. Or getting, uh, or getting woken up in the middle of the night by a six-year-old who's looks like she's awake, but she's really not. Yeah, they're called night terrors, yeah. and it's weird. It's super weird. Anyway, yes, hi, Maui. <clears throat> oh, so, mic stand. one thing that I've been thinking about talking on here that mm-hmm. dovetails nicely with with recording in the morning is little-known items that we absolutely love. For example, I just finished my morning coffee and I found out from a friend on Instagram right before my birthday in December about Amazon selling coffee heater or milk heaters slash frothers. And so I'm not a big, I don't necessarily need a latte in the morning, but I like my cream. I like to pour a lot of cream in my coffee and I like it to be warm. And so this has a setting for just warming milk. And it has a setting for warming and frothing milk or cream. And I should have been better prepared. I'll look up on Amazon what it is right now. And you can post it starts with an M. in the store link. In the- I'll put it up on our Amazon. Uh, we've got an Amazon. We have some links that, that go to... What is it called? An Amazon Associates? It's a referral yeah. link. So we get a little Morocco bit of- Electric Milk Steamer and Frother. It's about 40 bucks on Amazon. And it is so great. The kids like to have steamers in the morning. So they'll heat it up and put a dash of honey and a dash of vanilla. And then they just push the button and it's like super easy to wipe clean on the inside. It heats it up to the perfect temperature. It doesn't scald it and get that skin on the top. Mm. Um, and so for 40 bucks and a very, very little added effort in the morning, I get steamed milk. Um, well, it's not steamed because it doesn't use steam. Unlike before, if we, if I wanted some froth or some warm milk, we either have to turn on the stove and use a pot or actually turn on the espresso machine, which we're now completely getting rid of because doesn't have enough value added for us to keep it around anymore between all of our other coffee making implements. But so, so anyway, that's one of the things that I think a lot of people don't necessarily know exists, but for mm-hmm. me has had a ton of value added. That's awesome. I've, I've been sitting here trying to think of something in my world along the same lines and I'm coming up completely blank. Another <clears throat> one that I have been thinking of that is little known is tenacious tape which i love it's tape patches that you get on amazon that have sort of the texture of like a coat or a tent so it's not traditional tape it's not rubbery like duct tape but it fixes fabric 
pairs. So I've used it on ski pants. I've used it on jackets that either get You've holes. You've used it on my mountain bike jerseys that have huge tears. Yeah. And it's it's not cheap, but it's very, it's flexible, but it doesn't have the texture of, of normal tape. And it sticks forever and it's waterproof. So like mittens that have gotten sparks burned on them, you know, in the coat just melts instantly and has a hole or when the dog that just left the room was a puppy he would run up to the kids outside and he would nip their jackets and make those little triangular tears in them you know where you tear on one point and it tears at a square it, mm-hmm. they're impossible to fix yeah so just a little circle or a little square patch of this tenacious tape and it comes in clear which i've used on our cheap bonded leather couches where the kids have, they've started separating and the kids start picking at it in order to get them to stop picking at it. I can put that on and I bought some Gorilla Glue brand tape thinking it would be comparable to it and it was a lot cheaper. The Gorilla Glue brand tape is more like texture wise. I'm sure it'll hold up fine on the couch, but it's texture wise. It's more like, like the clear plastic tape, packing tape that you use to seal up boxes when you're mailing them. And I fixed a big patch on our bonded leather couch with that. So it's going to be sticky and like you sit on it and you're going to sweat, which the tenacious tape does not do that, but it probably costs three or four times as much. And this couch is now falling apart in so many places. I just went with, went for it with the bonded leather. I told our buddy last night that we were going to watch TV together without any kids. And he's like, Ooh, you're going to do it naked. And I'm like, no, I hate sticking to the couch. So and if you use tenacious tape, you won't stick as much. No. Gross. <laughs> Why'd you do that? Gross. I know there's stuff in my life where uh, there's there's things that I'm like, this is amazing. I know I've said that before, but I cannot think of it. Well, we love I'm our gonna... Dyson vacuum, too. Yeah, the Dyson vacuum is pretty awesome. But that's, but that's not, not a little, little known. known. Yeah, yeah everybody, there's a few things in tons the Tons of people look. Are... When Costco has them on coupon three times a year, it's not a little known thing. Yeah, we tell people to go buy those. Anyway, um, right. So before we get started with any sort of deep uh, whatever it is you want to talk about or I talk about, we should make a note. We got, an, we got a text a couple days ago from a friend who is a Reformed Baptist, and she said, just for clarification, um, not everybody who's a Reformed Baptist uh, or Reformed Baptist don't really feel that, you know, they don't treat their kids as unregenerate. We might have made that, we made that comment in the last show. Um, Yes, I think we were in an echo chamber reinforcing each other a little bit and not recognizing. Right, well, we were also springboarding almost um, entirely off of one guy's comment on Facebook. Yes. Where he said, yes, I do believe my kids are unregenerate. And I wouldn't sing, that was the thing, I wouldn't even sing Jesus Loves Me to a little kid because I don't believe, which we love because he first loves us. The more I think about that, the more absurd, like the more of a caricature that is Mm -hmm. of what could even remotely be considered biblical um, in terms of how you think about children, no matter what. But, you know, I suppose if you really, truly believe that you choose to come to God, then you wouldn't embrace my children, respond to God's call to them 
his call out of love. Um, but to not, yeah. So, and so Mike, he yeah, would Mike, not yeah. send Jesus loves me to right. a small child for fear of giving them false assurance. And my comment was, was, you know, I grew up Baptist, so I was kind of wondering, musing, I think now that I think back on it, I was musing subconsciously on how different your different approaches to theology might influence how you raise kids. So that said, sorry, we did not mean to offend every single Baptist out there. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> but that actually, that... I'm a turd. <laughs> that springboards into one of the things that I've been trying to think more about this week, which is how do we... How do we communicate to our kids that God loves them, no matter what our theological framework is? And I think the more we're in the Word and the more we have our kids in the Word is the opportunity. Because we had this conversation with Titus, our 10-year-old, the other day, that people can read the same Bible passage, and if the Holy Spirit is impacting how they understand it, they can read that Bible passage completely differently than somebody who doesn't have God opening their mind in order to understand it. And we are hopefully training our children to read in faith that God is perfectly and lovingly speaking to them when we open the Word. And that what He says is relevant. I've been amazed at that just... Okay, so this is a little bit of a... Hopefully I can get this rabbit trail back around to where we started. <laughs> I'll try to remember what you just talked about. No, but so so your mom, when we had dinner with your mom and your parents earlier this week, your mom made a comment that she had had an hour and a half long optometrist appointment for some follow-up, for some issues she'd had with her eyes. And so it was a lot of testing. But the optometrist is a friend of hers, ophthalmologist. What's the difference? Ophthalmologist? I don't know. Okay, so the the eye doctor... I can look it up, though. I have my tablet. The eye doctor is a friend of hers. Mm -hmm. He's a believer. And they ended up having this running conversation the entire time about... I think it has started with... How are you guys managing COVID distancing? Because, you know, if an eye doctor is looking at your eye, he's less than a foot from your face when he's actually looking into it and you're breathing on him and you're touching all of these implements that you're sticking your face on and you're sticking your hands on. And so I think she started by asking, how do you how are you guys mitigating risk and how are you handling emotionally you know, all of your people who work here, the risk and stuff. Because think about trying on glasses, <laughs> you know? Right. If you are super contagious and you go into an, an eye doctor's office and try on 15 pairs of glasses, you're leaving face and hand germs all over the place. Yeah. Think about the extra cleaning that you would have to do in order to feel safe having people in there all, all right. the time. So anyway, that springboarded into him talking about how this season... And he's, I'm trying to think, his kids are younger than we are. So he's somewhere, he's probably 10 years younger than our parents, maybe. And he, he, this springboard into this whole conversation about how, first of all, disorienting COVID and the political disturbances were for him, but he's come through with some of the most with an incredibly revitalized faith. And he's just so excited about this 
new perspective on God, on his word, on his love, on his care, all of these things that we know are true, but the ripping out the carpet from underneath us Mm -hmm. of things that we have gotten complacent in trusting in or in believing to be true or in throwing our energies behind have been so thoroughly ripped out, at least from underneath him, that he just couldn't stop talking to your mom about how excited he was about this renewed energy he had in his faith in the fundamentals. And I feel like we have experienced something similar in a lot of ways. We've both started doing daily Bible reading plans for the first time in a long time in our adult lives that has gotten us into the word more. And for me, when I'm doing that super consistently and I have, for me, I have a Facebook group and an online Bible plan that I actually tick off every day. And it tells me how many days in a row I've done it. It's very motivating to be like, I haven't missed a day in 32 days. And by the way, I can't, I realize that your Bible reading plan gives you a lot of grace. Like you don't have to, don't feel the pressure to go back and uh, try to catch up. I can't do that. Just in my own... Have I told you... I can't do it. I've got to go... the mindset they teach on it though? I sat in that chair for two hours catching up on like five days worth of Bible reading. But I, I felt like I felt like I was gonna miss something, miss part of the story, or it's like skipping a chapter in a book. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do that because I want to know what happened but here. But you, you have the luxury of doing that. The problem is if you Fair. skip that. Their point with the Bible reading challenge that I'm doing, which is sponsored by Douglas Wilson's Church outside of Idaho. Mm-hmm. However, you feel about that. I'm reading the Machine group. Plan on ESV.org. The, the app. The however you feel about Douglas Wilson, the Bible reading challenge is great because there's a Facebook group and right. an Instagram page that's lots of encouragement, people's feedback on what they thought about today's reading, at least on the Facebook page, um, tips. And one of the big things that they say is think about God's word as your daily bread. And if you if you skip breakfast because you're busy or you don't feel well or whatever, you don't make up for breakfast at lunch. You don't say, oh, I can't sit down and eat lunch until I eat my breakfast first. I eat what's in front of me because this is the nourishment that's offered to me and I don't have to make up for it. I can't, you know, or if I don't eat for a whole day, I don't not eat today's food until Mm -hmm. I've eaten all of yesterday's food. And so their idea is you're getting your daily nourishment and just take what's what the Lord has provided for you today and don't be burdened by guilt and needing to catch up. Take what the Lord has given you today, eat and be nourished by it. Fair. And that has been very, very life-giving to me to not be burdened by that. I also like this plan because it gives a fair number of breaks. Sunday is always a day off. Yeah, I don't and get a break. I can use Sunday as a day to catch up. And You're not supposed to catch up. But I can. And they also build in, like, when we finish, like, we read the book of Isaiah, relevant passages from the New Testament, from the Psalms, things like that, were worked in. 
And then when we finished Isaiah, we had a catch-up day where you can either get caught up or there's an optional, usually a New Testament book like Ephesians or something short that you can read or a couple of Psalms that you can read a light day if you're caught up and you want to do your reading for that day. So I appreciate how that's set up. I feel like doing this has given me more appetite. Like you eat healthy food, you crave healthy food. You yeah. you eat the word, you crave more of the word. And I feel like I've built in, I've created enough of a habit that I crave that. And it, But I'm still, what I'm, okay, so circling back to the kid thing. But I think so I'm going to circle back here. <laughs> Let me flip through my binder as I circle back. Um, circling back, though, I, I hope that that instills in our kids seeing, just like eating habits, they see our Bible consumption habits, and I need to work on my tech consumption habits because they also see that. Uh, but Oof. they see our Bible reading habits, they see our physical food eating habits, and they mimic. Like if we're if we're raving about what a delicious meal the salmon and the roasted broccoli that I made is, mm-hmm. they're more likely to be excited about it than if we're like, oh, okay, guys, got to eat a healthy dinner tonight. Yeah, and I still find myself amazed. For example, my aha moment in the last couple of days has been how incredibly relevant Philippians is for our day and age. <laughs> and I, I I found this, I was honestly trying to find ways to get free shipping on my Westminster books order and came across, well, also your parents are doing that. Your parents are leading a small group virtually for their church in California. Yeah. And I had mentioned a a curriculum that I did years ago. I did Christianity Explored when I was in seminary for a seekers group at the church that I was going to. And it was it was just it was I was impressed with the content. I think Christianity Explored goes through the book of John. Well, they now have three Christianity Explored, I can't remember the other one, and then Discipleship Explored. And I saw a bunch of names I recognized on the Discipleship Explored curriculum. And so I watched the first episode and was like, I don't usually do recently video-based studies, but the whole premise is how incredibly foundational the book of Philippians is for understanding what the basic Christian life looks like. And you will like this because he doesn't reference Francis Schaeffer, but basically he says the Christian life is marked by love, Mm -hmm. by love of God and by love of other people. And the book of Philippians works that out so much. And I felt like that was incredibly relevant for two reasons. One, because you're all gung-ho on Schaeffer's The Mark of a Christian right now, but also going back to the kind of revitalizing of our faith through this COVID season, one of our big, it turned from a gripe into a personal challenge was the loss of Sunday school and Christian education sort of things for our kids. And we're, we're good elder brothers. And if there's Sunday school, by golly, our kids are going to be there because we went to Sunday school all growing up. We even, God's going to reward me for my behavior. 
Yeah. Well, God's going to, God's <laughs> going to. No, you just, I'm kidding. I know that, but I'm going to take that a step further. You know, okay. I mean, our assumption is that by having our kids in Sunday school, the whole train up a child in the way he should go is, work. is that that's how that's going to work. And they're going to go that way. And the loss of Sunday school and pretty much all any sort of programming, you know, we've had nothing formal for our family for almost a year now, has taken us back to Deuteronomy 6, which is, it's not actually the church's job through Sunday school to disciple our kids. Nope. Is it's our job to be discipling our kids. And it's always been our job. We've just easily been, yep. we've been able, we've been outsourcing it to the church, but this is good. You made a comment the other day. It's kind of like putting on, it's kind of like the plane is, it's kind of like the plane is crashing and they say, you know, or, or you're getting on the airplane and they say, put your mask on before you put the mask on for somebody else. And it's almost like you can't really teach your children very well if you're not also taking in for yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. And yeah, I, I feel like that that's kind of the where. We've been re-energized in both, yeah. in taking in for ourselves as well as in teaching our children. But I want to defend myself again for a second, because I think what Doug Wilson's talking about when it comes to Bible reading is not my motivation. He's talking to people who feel like they're obligated maybe to It's more to his do daughter. He's not really teaching us. It's his daughter. Oh, but, well, yeah. maybe his daughter's like saying, you know, and she's, if I know anything about the Wilson household, it makes sense that they float this way but you know they're like well i feel compelled like i have to do this in order to be a good christian sort of thing and that's not the case you don't have to do that to be a good christian i want to catch up on all the reading because i just really like it Mm -hmm. it's just fun but but picture their target audience well it's all women but they're the target audience of this particular bible reading challenge is people like me who are like okay i set my alarm in the morning Sometimes the kids are already up and sitting on my bed with me. I have a 15 to 20 minute window and I got to get her done or it's not going to happen. And, um, and so, and the other thing, you know, they, the app that I use, I can play things audibly. So when we, when I took the kids skiing on Saturday, I listened to it in my earbuds while I was driving up. It's so funny. It's just so great. It's that for me, the excitement is I'm still getting God's word, but I don't feel like I have to sit down and read it in this, you know, in the way that I grew up thinking that you have to have a quiet time. It's just so funny to like get in, figure out your habits. Like I never occurs to me if I, if I don't get everything read in the morning, because I've been trying to, to get up early and get some reading out of the way. Because there's a lot of books I like reading right now, and then, and then when when nine o'clock rolls around, I can dump drive, dive right into the music, and then afternoon is spent working on if if I don't have any other responsibilities that are necessary, then I continue doing music, and so I like to get all the reading out of the way. But it's so funny because if I don't get it done in the morning, I never ever ever think about doing it at night. It's just not even on. It's just not even anywhere in my. <laughs> In my world, because I've got my habit at night. I read, you know, my you read other stuff. I read yeah. my other stuff. At I night. do close it out. And then, like today, we talked about. So last night, with the kids, went out to my parents' house. We were going to go out for dinner, and said, "Hey, let's, you know, let's record a show this afternoon or this evening while the before while the kids are gone." And I was like, "Oh, that'd be cool." And then we, the kids are forgetting stuff at home. And we're having to run errands back and forth. And my parents live probably 
11, 12 minutes away. So we're driving back and forth. Then we're both starved. So we go out and get something to food. By the time we get back and then, you know, Ty stops us at the window at my parents' house. He's, he's living at my parents' house. Yeah. A friend of ours. And he, uh, he just starts talking for a long time about some of the some of the struggles he's working, you know, people he's working with. And, and, you know, that was 20 minutes. So by the time we get home, it's like eight 30. It's like, we don't have time for a show tonight. We're all going to be super tired. So, and then, but then, you know, talking about my habits, you get stuck into these habit ruts. Then this morning we get up this morning and we're both reading our Bibles because it's quiet in the house. And you go, we should record a show before you go take your dad to the airport. <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Never even entered my world. Okay, so briefly before we get back on on track. Before we circle the back. Difference before we circle back. Uh there was there was an inside joke uh with so. Biden's press secretary this morning between us. Um an optometrist is an eye doctor that it could examine, diagnose and treat your eyes. An ophthalmologist is an eye surgeon. Oh. And then to make things more confusing an optician is an eyeglasses contact lens specialist. So kind of think Optics and, you. optics and technician kind yeah. of combined together. And okay. I forgot to mention, I told Tish that I was going to mention her name on the show. She's the one that emailed, that texted us about the Reformed Baptist thing. So I just said, I have to say your name, Tish. I'm going to call you out on the show because I've been told <laughs> by Paul that it makes him feel good when I mention his name on the show. And yes, my mother, Annette, uh, referred to me, Francis Schaefer's Mark of the christian which i highly commend to everybody especially in this day and age when it's sometimes very difficult to live as a christian so if you email us or text us your thoughts we would love it please do but i'll call you out on the show because it's fun so going back to let's circle back going back circling back to tisha's other comments she said she's teaching sunday school and their church just started back up with sunday school and on the episode she was commenting on I I have also been listening to the book Mama Bear Apologetics, and she cited a statistic about, and I've been diving more into this statistic. Mm-hmm. I briefly commented on it last week. The statistic is, and I have better understanding of how they did this. They hired a statistician, a, a you know, a pollster um, to do polls. He contacted like twenty thousand people narrowed it down to a thousand people who said they grew up in evangelical Bible-believing churches, but did not attend church and did not believe, did not call themselves Christians anymore. And of those thousand people, he then did in-depth interviews about why, asking questions like, uh, did you... um, when did you first start having doubts about the faith? Do you believe that premarital sex is wrong? Do you believe that, uh, do you believe in evolution in a historical Adam and Eve? Do you, did I already say that the Bible contains no errors? Do you believe that the only way to heaven is through Jesus? What do you miss about church? Um, or why did, you know, what do you not miss? What do you dislike the most about church? And people's answers were dislike the people, uh, miss singing, miss feeling like I'm worshiping God. Um, but anyway, so so the, the study of this was people who grew up attending, quote unquote, evangelical churches, however defined. But we're not talking about mainline liberal churches that abandon the word of God. A di- you know, a century ago. Mm-hmm. 
we were talking about right. where the pastors would affirm all of the main evangelical tenets that we would agree with. Um, and they, these people who grew up in Sunday school, so, so then the survey is, did you, part of the survey was, did you regularly attend Sunday school? And of these people who had grown up in churches and who had stopped believing, stopped attending church, stopped believing, more of them attended Sundays, or the, the more Sunday school attendance that they recorded, the more secular their worldview, which is, yes. Super wild. Which is crazy. And so, so, so this, flannel boards send people to hell. Well, no. So, so he's, so, okay. So here's, here's only the, my gender flannel boards. Us from here's the, the, here's the big caveat that I have to throw in here because I sent this to a friend and she's like, whoa, whoa. Um, the, what was your friend's name? <laughs> the survey was this whole thing was commissioned by Ken Ham and the answers in Genesis organization, which we dabbled in this a little bit last week but he's such oh, a, it was brianna you sent it to yeah brianna. brianna so he's such a polarizing figure in evangelicalism because it's like right. you know for some people if it's like if you and brianna's reaction was like you're afraid ken ham is afraid of real science because he's so hardcore creationist like you have to believe in a literal six-day creation you have to believe all these things like we have a book for school because we homeschool uh, written by ken ham about genesis and the dinosaurs i went to all the icr stuff growing up and i loved every second it's of actually it. the dinosaurs, i dreamed of going with him on his australian tour the dinosaurs book is actually really interesting if if you so that so my brianna was like what you this organization that's publishing this makes me a little queasy. And <laughs> I was like, I, queasy. I am, I am that's an funny. earth age agnostic in the sense that I know people on both sides who are hardcore, literal six day creationists. I know people on the other side who have spent, who are deeply ingrained in understanding geology and who are very committed to an old earth but the commonality is God did the creating, uh, evolution, ad- adaptation within species, not evolution, and historical Adam and Eve. And I'm sure if I thought hard, I would probably have more right. can't bend on this. But but so anyway, in reading some of the creation in the dinosaurs book, I had to edit some of the talk about age of the earth and things like that. But it was actually really interesting. Titus, your grandfather, Jim, is a hardcore old earther. Right. Um, but I, it's not something I'll die over right. on either side. And, but the question of, like, were there dinosaurs in the Garden of Eden? What happened to dinosaurs with the flood? Things like that is like, you know, and Ken Ham, for example, points out very easily that you didn't have to have an adult of each co- of right. male and female of every kind on the ship. And given how long it probably took a dinosaur to reach uh, full giant status, you could have had, like, a dinosaur the size of a dog on the ship. And it's still a male and female. And anyway, so... I think a lot of those questions get lost, like you said. Kind of get lost in the 
you lose the importance. God did it. <laughs> right, but it's actually super interesting. It. Well, it is super interesting. These like, are fun thoughts. It these is. Are, these yeah. are fun things so, to discuss. So, sure. Okay, so that cycles circling right, back. Circling back. <laughs> to, the, to the question of Sunday school, I've read, it's this very long series of articles that I have skimmed most of now on the Answers in Genesis website, but he's trying to break down what do we do with this, what seems to be the very clear result of this survey that Sunday school for Bible-believing churches has done more harm than good. And the answer that they propose is we need more apologetics-type Sunday school programs. Hence Mama Bear Apologetics. Yes, why they're citing that statistic. So, the, you know, even for our very youngest kids, we don't just say, Jesus loves me. This the Bi- I know. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. But then we, we equip the Sunday school teachers to both provoke the question in the kids as well as be prepared to answer the question, how do we know from the Bible? Like, how do we know that what the Bible says is true? How do we know the Bible is God's word? Why do we believe the Bible? And that, I think it does two things. First of all, it trains our kids to be asking these questions themselves. So when they're in school and somebody refers to the Bible as ridiculous or has been, you know, a lot of more militant atheists these days are equipping their kids to attack Christians with gotcha questions, to be quite frank. And so we ourselves, as parents, our kids, and anyone else that we trust to teach our parents needs to have good answers. The classic Peter, don't always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you. And we do it with gentleness and respect because we're so confident that we're not caught off guard. We're not defensive. We're not scared when someone challenges. And that was Brianna's comment on on the Ken Ham thing. She's like, whenever I encounter people in this world, they always seem a little bit afraid of quote unquote real science. She didn't say real science. They always seem a little bit afraid of science because, because it's like they're afraid that science is going to disprove what they believe from the Bible. And I think we need to be training ourselves as parents, our kids and our, um, our Sunday school teachers, anyone else who's training our kids and us, look, God made this world. And if we really believe that, we don't have to be afraid of science, which is seeking to understand how the world works. So for here's another example of that is the whole... I mean, it's becoming more painfully obvious that science... Hashtag science, which has been a huge pet peeve of mine for a long time, is scientism, which is actually using statements made by so-called scientists in order to prove a point that is more religious than yeah. observing how the world actually works. So, you know, now to say that, you know, to quote Austin Powers, that's a man, man, <laughs> uh, is is somehow anti-science but it's not so it's becoming more obvious but the thing is 
when we grew up doing true love waits promises mm-hmm. in junior high and high school and church, we were getting sex outside of marriage is bad for the Bible tells me so. But what we could have also gotten, we need that, but what we could have also gotten is there is a ton of solid research talking about the physical, psychological, and relational harms done by not following God's design for our bodies, for our sexual relationships. So, um, you know. Your prof, your prof, uh, one of your profs at Westminster, Vern Proithris, wrote a great book that I've yet to finish because I lost it for a while called Redeeming Science. And I loved it because it, it, it was it just broke everything down really nicely and understandably into, you know, broke down elements of science and with and kind of gave everything like that, that sort of God breathed backing. You know, I mean, you know, it's like this is something that we're we're excited. And I guess that's one reason why, you know, at least you explained to me early on when we were talking about whether or not to homeschool the kids is to foster uh, or maybe this is just me to foster in the kids a love for really investigating the world and exploring the world and. Um, you know, I mean, we, we were because created, we were created, interesting, right. We were created for this world and, and we were created so to much, understand and enjoy learning. And people are interesting and character dynamics are interesting. There's just so many interesting things in the world and to foster that creativity with the kids. And um, because the, the reason that I like to say that is because I grew up, I am a very good test taker and I grew up studying for the test and I didn't actually delight. I delighted in doing well, but I didn't mm-hmm. actually delight in what I was learning for the sake of learning it. And it's only as I've gotten older that I've come to realize like, what an incredible world we live in. And I remember very clearly when my friend Addie's first husband was killed in an avalanche and the pastor preached his funeral, he, and I was very new to Reformed theology at the time, he made the point that this man was an explorer. He loved exploring God's creation. And one of the delights of heaven, and is not sitting in clouds playing music all day, it's new heavens, new earth, a redeemed creation that mm-hmm. God made for us to enjoy exploring and learning about for all of eternity. So in our in our glorified bodies and minds when the Lord returns, we get to spend the rest of eternity exploring the great outdoors, doing science, understanding the world because mm-hmm. we're still going to be finite creatures plumbing the infinite depths of a god in all of the different ways in music in art in going down into the depths of the earth in going to the heavens it's so crazy to imagine that we will keep learning and will love learning and learning will be a and we won't selfish we won't struggle with the sinful aspects 
of learning and of misunderstanding and misapplying what we're learning, that it will just be pure joy and done perfectly when Christ returns. Yeah. That's a good, it's a good word. And we're out of time, love. Okay. Because not, we could keep talking, but I got to go pick up my kids and take my dad to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> In like a half an hour. So that said, um, thank you for joining us uh, today. We'll include some of those links in the show. I'm just trying to think of what kind of unique title I could give this episode. I feel like it's just part two of what we started on the last episode. But anyway. Sunday school and science. <laughs> Sunday school and Sunday school science. Can I and... throw in one last question for people? Oh, yeah. If you're listening to this one, I'm trying to make the song, the hymn, Amazing Love, our hymn of the month for homeschooling, because it's Valentine's month Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to do a classic hymn of the month for our kids. And I cannot find a version I like. I did. They are slow and boring. And I don't want like the Chris Tomlin, Matt Redmond versions of it. I want classic, but not boring. Molly. I have, I did a music video a long time ago for a jazz trio that did Amazing Love. It's not the hymn version. It's not the hymn version. I want, it's really cool because I, I did the music video. Okay. It's on YouTube, you guys. Look up Trudy Poyer and Captive Thought, Amazing Love. Okay. I love that version. I might have to resort one to of that my mentors, version because it is beautiful. One of my mentors hates that version with every fiber of his being. We go round and round and round. But I I mean, I, I like singing this, Amazing love, how can it be? See, I just find hymns kind of stuff. Oh my God, it's for me. I always but it's, that. Okay. I'll I grew up with old ladies. All right, like, maybe I'll just... See, that's, see, yeah, maybe, that's like, the problem. Uh, All the YouTube it. versions I can find are of that. that. So I will maybe do the new version that you love with the kids. But if anyone has a YouTube or iTunes version of Amazing Love, the old school church lady one, send it to us because I need it. And you can send it to us via email at tb, the number 2f, tb2f at pm. Dot me, papa mike dot me, pm dot me, tb2f pm dot me, or you can message us on uh, 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 Instagram. Uh, Instagram. I did take down our Facebook because I have issues moral with issues with Facebook and YouTube and the like. Um, even though doesn't Facebook own Instagram? Yeah, <clears throat> but so far they're not quite as invasive. Uh, anyway, uh, okay, that's it. So follow us. That's it. Follow us. You can you can send me a. You can text me if you guys want to text me at 406-318-7136 if you have like links or something you want to send. You can reach me there too. Um, Finally, if you like what you've been listening to, we'd love it if you shared us with your friends and told them why you liked it and everything else. We love hearing from you guys, so please send us messages or whatever. Just interact with the show. It's fun. We enjoy it. We might call you out. I know I threaten to do that, but I don't do it with everybody. I try to do it with everybody because I know I've been told it makes you guys feel special. So there you go. Anyway. And you are special. You are. And God loves you very much. Yes, because the Bible tells you so. <laughs> that was Veggie Tales. Did you miss that? That was the end of Veggie Tales. That was a different. Was it old school oh, Veggie Tales? I never watched Veggie Tales. That was kind of after my time. No, I did Way it. With, I, I did it with babysitting. They ended oh. every show with "You are special," and God loves you very much. Or if you're Donald Trump, you're special, and I love you very much. <laughs> but we're gonna go with God because. Okay, let's because of Jesus. Let's cir- let's continue the political. We're jokes. gonna circle let's back, circle to back this next week. Biden's press secretary. We're gonna circle back. Um, 
toobusytoflush.com. Leave us a review. Um, five stars would be great on your podcast of choice if we're worthy of that. If we're not, no big deal. So that said, I'm JR. I'm Molly. And we will see you guys hopefully next week. <laughs>